What's up, everybody? It's Chris, and it's We Are Live, special one-on-one with my old pal, just such a close friend, Ron Gallo. What's up, Ron? I didn't hey. mean to be condescending. It's so nice to just make this happen. We've been trying to reconnect since drinks with the band, and uh, yeah. one of us has been a real dickhead with scheduling. So, great to see you. Great to see you, too. <laughs> I see you're not No, har- we are. It's funny. Issues. We've only ever hung out like this, but mm-hmm. we really hung out. As we, Hell you know, yeah, man. And it's it's talks. happening. It, and it's, it, it is, too, where it's like... You have to kind of hold on to these moments and you're a performer, you want to get out there. It's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know, I genuinely don't know when things are going to even get anywhere back to normal. So like these little slivers of humanity are really important. <laughs> I could not agree more. Um, dude, what's been going on? You've been traveling? You and uh, yeah. you and you and your lovely Chiara? Yes. I want to say it. Right I want to say it more. Uh, give me, give me some spice to it. Chiara, Chiara, Chiara. Chiara. Okay. It's about it's all about rolling the R's, you know. Okay. It's uh, when she first came here, people either like didn't understand her name at all, like it just sounded like noise, mm-hmm. and then when, sometimes people say like Chiara, or they try, they fumble over it. So she just said, "Just call me Claire." Um, for a while, but anyway, that's how you um, know that you did it right. She's just like, you know what? I, I care about Ron. I'm assimilating. I'm just like, whatever. Just fuck it. Call me Claire. Uh, <laughs> Denounce every piece. So I ended up calling her that. It was like a. It became a nickname for me. I don't know. It's. I guess it's like Kiata's like the, the the Italian version of Claire. But yeah, um, well, that works. We uh, we just got back. We we went to go visit my mom right outside of Philly for. We plan on going up there for 10 days and we stay for three and a half weeks because we just felt good. Family. Was it, was it literally yeah. just being around family and maybe like that? I get that whenever I go home, I'm just like, boy, do I sleep well here? And it's, I guess you can't deny growing up somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely the family aspect. I mean, just having mom there was, you know, just felt like somebody coming in to kind of like, take us in for a little bit. Right. Um, but I think just being back, one of, one of the most um, apparent things is just, just like a totally different energy being back in Philly. I mean, that's where I come from. So I guess I was used to it, but coming down here and consistently being here for five months, which is the longest ever since I've lived here, it's completely different feeling. Um, and I, I guess we're trying to figure out, I think what we're realizing is that the vibe here is not maybe not for us and we just feel more like we need to be around that northeast philly quick paced not to mention everybody's wearing a mask up there everyone's on the same page here it's like a fucking free-for-all still so really yeah yeah it, <laughs> it's crazy man we <sighs> as we got further north on our drive oh okay yeah it got better like even when we would stop at a store there was like a guy at the door like checking and making sure and we didn't realize how sort of free-for-all it is in nashville still um so that you know that helped too it was just more comfortable to do shit. we did From, we could do so much more that that's strange to me it's not strange to me like I'll, i expect anything from anyone right like i grew up rural i freaking got thrown off a horse before i was like six right but <laughs> just like there's shitheads everywhere like I know the type of person, and 
I am Mr. Like, hey, I want you to do what you want to do. Don't hurt other people. I don't like being told to do a ton myself. But at the same time, you're just like, it feels like it's it's kind of like, hey, do the mask thing. Don't. But like, if you're in a business and they've asked you to do that, let's go ahead and throw that on. If you're out and about, there's people around. Yeah, give exactly. them some space. Like, <laughs> I don't, don't, don't go to Applebee's and sit crowded next to people. Like, I, I don't know. So to me, the net, okay. So there's two things to unpack here with Nashville. So with someone who views Nashville as like, kind of i I'm really happy for entertainers that get to hone their craft, there, music, comedy, whatever. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You need more places than just Los Angeles and New York. That's great. Um, but then the other part of me is like, all you hear is like, oh, Nashville's this now and Nashville's that now and it's changed and it's basically like Brooklyn Junior. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think that at all. So that's a weird perspective for me to hear right. for that. But like maybe it's sort of still like one of those bastions. We have Lake of the Ozarks here. You've seen it in a few uh, national stories of just like Hoosier soup. Do you know what a Hoosier is, by the way? Like hillbilly soup, um, hillbilly soup. Who's your hillbilly? That's what we say here. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Got Just it. like a redneck, okay. right? Yep, so, yep. so we've got a little of that where like people are like, "Fuck you, I'm loading up the truck and we're gonna fucking get drunk and sit in a pool." There's probably a little of that with Nashville, right? Like the tourism. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a weird clashing of of like two different forces. But yeah, down in Broadway is. Like a few weeks before we left, we went, we like took a drive down Broadway mm-hmm. downtown, and uh, we were stopped at an intersection. Not a mask in sight, bars full, band playing. Like it was crazy. And then a party bus, a uh, a Dierks Bentley party bus drove by the intersection we were stopped at with like ten shirtless guys spitting beer all over each other. And this is in mid to late june was it upsetting seeing so many cousins of yours in one place acting out (laughs) yeah i feel really shame for for my family that's actually why i went back to to philly because i was like look the cousins are Mm -hmm. fucking losing their minds down there they lied Um, to you they said they were there to visit me they were there to chug beer yeah i didn't even get to (laughs) see them I don't like that again, like maybe we're just harping on it too much, man. But like, I feel you because I don't know if you're the type of person that would scream at somebody in a grocery store if they didn't have a mask on, but I am a type of person like, I'm going to avoid them. I'm just like, I, I don't know if this is actually doing that much good. I, maybe it's yeah. super ineffective, appears to not be, but maybe it is. But I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't understand the, uh, the pushback. And there's other, it's and not I think that hard. It's yeah. not. That's that's a big point because, yeah. again, if you can't like, if I hear of someone being mistreated by the government or like the government maybe even meaning well and like stepping a little too far, I'm the first person to be like, hey, back the f up, man. Same. Like, let's Same. let's figure yeah. this out. And it's I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just the times we're living in, or we're just wildly ill prepared to maturely handle something like this. Yeah, I think um, part of it might be just denial. I don't know. Sometimes the way that people deal with stuff is just to pretend like it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, which is a really weird, like inverted surface level way of dealing with like really heavy shit. Like maybe just some people are like, rather than just accept you're in a global pandemic, this is the thing that's actually happening. They would rather combat it 
or like rebel against it rather than just accept that it's real in a weird, I don't know. It's like a child tantrum kind of thing. Because you see you, like people in these viral videos, they act like kids. Viral, nice. Viral. Oh, shit. Different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. And it's, it is. It's a way to kind of hide it behind where you're like, it's the dude at the party that, I don't, I'm going real country here, but it's the dude at the house party in college who's like, you see him, he's acting up, and then you're like, Some, somebody's going to correct that. That's not, and then he picks a fight with the wrong guy, he's missing teeth, and you see him three days later, he's like, do you see me beat that dude's ass? I'm like, that is not what happens. Right, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. it's kind of, it's that feeling where they're like, oh, there's nothing, I'm I'm fine, nobody I know, the, you know, it, it's it's mm-hmm. got to be something like that. Because I feel like yeah. they're lying too. I'm like you, you know, like listen. I got a I got a dog that's 15. I'm well aware that she's had an awesome life, and I'm okay. Like, hey, you know, it's not, you know, whatever. I don't want the damn thing to die. Like, right. <laughs> it still sucks. So that's right. ugh, man. I'm I'm grasping yeah. at analogies here. No, but but it's. I get what you're saying. I mean, people, human beings in general, just have a weird way of dealing with fear. Usually. Mm-hmm the most scared people are the most aggressive, which is a weird, That's like every, there's a weird over. Anybody who's done martial arts for more than six months will tell you that in a heartbeat because you meet these people that are trained killers. You work out with them, whatever. They're quiet. They don't walk into anywhere looking for trouble. The first guy you exactly. see like at one of your shows or something <laughs> at a festival, you've seen it. You've seen it at festivals, Ron. And it's like know. the first person that's doing that. It's like, oh, you're not like, I mean, you may be able to cause some trouble, but you're, you're afraid. Yes, exactly. Ugh. And that's it. It's weird. It's this, I don't know. There's so much of it and the way, and it's just like, it's showing how everyone deals with it. Um, it's and disappointing. It's, it's incredibly disappointing. But I don't know. I guess it's the growing pains that we're all going through collectively. Wait, I'm not the person that will yell at the, the, the person in the store, but kiata is and i love it because she just doesn't give a shit she'll just go up we were at a whole a whole foods this is actually in jersey so i know i was saying that everything was better up there and it was but there was one girl who had the mask like not covering she was she was taking she took like 15 minutes we were trying to order um some stuff from the deli counter and she was just like being really obnoxious taking like 15 you know all time just we're waiting in line and she she had the mask like down down around her neck or whatever, and Kiana was already annoyed with her from earlier, and we're walking by her and she goes, the mask goes over your nose, and the girl's response was, I'm only doing it because I have to. <laughs> yeah, and she goes like just go to hell. Yeah, yeah, it was just like this, but she doesn't give a shit. She'll just say, Yeah, I like that. Just give it straight to people, and I love it. Yeah, I, I mean everyone around is probably like, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's the thing. Like, uh, you need that that voice. Like, I, I understand that you you have that creative burning inside you, and you do have a lot to say. But like, I don't know. Like, I think that maybe you guys are the perfect match because she can be that voice that you don't have to. Like, I can't see Ron. I can't see you out wanting conflict. And if she solves it, that's way that's way better. No, it's perfect. She's such a mirror for like all of the shit. She puts so much in perspective about the way that I live, but also like maybe the way that we live in this country that you don't even think about. Boy, it's just 
mm-hmm. from an outsider coming from like a beautiful place it like has a greater sense of humanity and way their society is structured the reflection here when she comes she's just like what the fuck even just dealing with going to see a doctor like mm. she she wanted to go get checked out for something and she's just navigating this process she's like this is insane she called to get an appointment the person said in two days someone will call you to see if they can get you an appointment three weeks from now and she's like what the fuck? what if you actually have a real problem in this country it doesn't matter it's corporate it's a business they don't give a shit. whereas over there same thing happened with me i actually had to go to see a doctor i was having like this weird heart thing when i was over there it turns out it was anxiety but she called. I that's was not just funny. That's not funny. I was like, oh, not, damn it. Well, well the, what the doctor said is hilarious. I, I was having these like heart palpitations for a week and I was dealing with a lot of shit at the time. But she called her doctor. 20 minutes later, we were in the car like, yeah, come, come over, go there. I paid $20. I got um, like a test and doctor checked me out and a cardiologist checked me out. And at the end, they said, yeah, I would say just uh, chill out and have some prosciutto and drink some wine and you'll be fine. <laughs> They're like, it's, a, it's stress. You need to chill out. Yeah. And they were absolutely right. And then as I was, you know, chilled out a little bit, I started feeling better. But anyway, how different that is. Like, yeah. you could just fucking die in this country because you're in line waiting that's, to pay. It's crazy. No, that's that's the thing. I don't, I don't know what the answer is um like the full-on answer but that does it's like you you know it when you see it like that's not right and it you don't think about it too as like you know i I got super sick um this is everybody's story right in the last eight months like you know i did have a little tickle in my throat i think i probably got the antibodies um (laughs) but i got like i used to get um what do you call it? Strep throat, like once or twice a year. And it was a horrific experience. Like, yeah, can't move 103 degree temperature. Then you're super cold, whatever. So like the most sick I'd been since I was like 12 or something like that. And that happened in like October. And then just for me to even, like, I still tried to drag my ass in here and they were like, no, no bad. And I, uh, and I went and like, I finally went after like days of like just agony at home. And then the urgent care people were like, Hey dummy, uh, (laughs) we're going to have to pump you full of a bunch of saline because your blood pressure is super low because you're ungodly dehydrated. And this is a problem. And you have like, it was some kind of viral thing or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. they weren't quite sure. My point is, um, until that happens and you like are literally on the chopping block or your mother would be on the chopping block or like where your time frame is not quite matching up with what they have available. I just, I think maybe it's that and it's part of just like being selfish or all of us kind of trying to, I don't know, beat the rat race, however you want to say it. But that's the feeling. That's another feeling that it's like, wait till it happens to you if it's preventable. Right. Right. I don't know. What? How are you fixing it, Dr. Gallo? Well, uh, we have a big plan for a total, <laughs> that's total you, revamp. You can be the president. <laughs> Huge plan. Well, big well, plan. Well, that's actually why I'm coming onto the show today to announce <laughs> my uh, my run for presidency in okay, good. 2086. All right. Great. Great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, 
like I said, it's just really interesting having that outsider's perspective yes. looking in. And it's really refreshing because we settle for so much shit as normal mm-hmm. that is so abnormal. Like for, from the way that we, I think we approach work, there's no like work-life balance. Maybe now there is, but we grind to like a point. It's like masochistic how we grind and we have to like get things, get there. It, it's, it's, I guess, I don't know if it's a capital, capitalist mindset where it's always, we're raised on like, get there fast, become something, become something. Right. I, I think we're all wired that way. And it like manifests in every, everything's a competition. Everything's is a, like a rat race, like you said. Um, and it's just really, it's unhealthy. It's like, even when I was over in Italy, the reason I was so stressed is because I was far from home for a long period of time, struggling with my ability to not vacation well. I was like, I need to do something. I need to get something done. And I just had like, I was thinking about like money and career shit and all this stuff back home, all these responsibilities that were not actually real because everything was fine for the most part. But it's just my mentality that I was raised with that Mm -hmm. has been kind of embedded into all of us. I struggled to just like let go and chill for a little bit, which is crazy. I think that's I think that's important for people to hear too, and I'm sure you'll blush or downplay it or whatever else. But you're a successful musician, right? Like, let's just let's just be you. I I, okay. (laughs) All right. People know who you are, and your songs have been heard places, and millions of people have seen you, heard you, whatever. Just to that point. That I I think that's really interesting. I think people always need to hear that whether you're whether you're Ron, whether you're a singer songwriter playing wineries on Friday nights, um, or you're Cardi B. Like, and I mean that, like, yeah. because of the popularity and the money that comes with that popularity. I think people need to know, like, it doesn't stop. Like, you think you see Ron at a festival you hear one of his songs in a commercial or TV show or something like that, you're going to think like, oh, okay, he does what he wants. Like maybe there's some freedom with that, but there's also (laughs) that next level, that next, um, if you're with a major label, the next, that next album could be your last and then you're out on your ass. And then you're like, wait a second, I've had people taking care of me. And maybe that doesn't apply to you, but in, in regards to just how it, weaves its way into your very being and where you think you're going to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, people, if you're listening to this, if you're a fan of Ron's, if you're just a fan of people that um, are in the public eye a little bit, that's something that's always almost frightening to learn as somebody who I've been privy to that. Like I I see that I work with all kinds of people um, in entertainment and all that stuff. And you're just like, Whoa, that's why you're where you are but it's also really scary and you got to take a lot of chances. <laughs> well, for sure. It's an, like an endless, um, yeah, it's like an endless quest for relevancy, which is, I don't know. I, I'm always best when I like, don't give a shit about that. And I think it actually ends up working better. Um, for some, like when you let go of it and you don't care how things go, mm-hmm. they naturally go better. But, I think the reason that exists is because it is everything's so disposable. Um, especially when you're a musician, it's like you got to, th- especially now, without being able to tour, you know, you could be in a s- certain situation. There was times where we'd be playing a festival somewhere, um, 
you know, something like I always dreamed of doing or always thought I'd never would be able to do. And I remember thinking like, take note of this because this might be like the best it could ever be. Um, Cause you just never know where it'll go. Um, and, and granted, there's like some motivation that comes with that to like continue to grow and build it, which kind of what you're saying is mm-hmm. can be a difficult path to just like keep grinding and trying to get there. But it's a weird like survival thing too. Um, I don't know. To your, to your point, and we've got plenty of people here in St. Louis that uh, check this out. Um, there's a weird connection we can make here. And I, we may have brought it up um, on Drinks of the Band, but whatever. we got new listeners. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Ron <laughs> was in town and did a session with our boy Matt. He did a gaslight session. That w- happened because Ron was in town to do Lufest. Lufest was turning into a killer regional festival. Ron was part of it. Um, I believe Huey Lewis and the News and Spoon and Snoop Dogg. And we had the Chuck Berry uh, tribute. Um, was that the year with Run the Jewels? Run the Jewels was on it. Was. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because we're about to have Savannah Conley. She was on that. Um, that's a very random one. But, like, mm-hmm. this is what was happening. That day, I remember it. It was an incredible day. Um, beautiful out. The festival was this wonderful thing in St. Louis. I think 60,000 people. And it was homegrown, and it was nearing 10 years old or was 10 years old. And it was starting to kind of like, oh, wow, okay. So flash forward to the next year. Um, I think Robert Plant was booked. You had all these crazy... Oh, uh, St. Louis's own Michael McDonald and T-Pain. It was crazy. So Michael Michael McDonald's from here. I interviewed him, man. I did not know that. He's from Ferguson, Missouri, 20 minutes from here. Yeah. Whoa. Well, what's crazy... Okay, so we have a friend named Ian Ferguson Uh who is Michael McDonald's nephew, and he's from Nashville. Michael McDonald's manager lives in Nashville, and I bet Michael's there quite a bit, too. Connect, we're making Small connections here. Yeah. Seriously. And you no. said he lives, he's from Ferguson. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Or like you just saw the Michael Brown uh, remembrances going around. Like Ferguson is 20 minutes from where I sit right now. And that's where Michael wow. Brown grew up. Um, or Michael Brown. He did grow up there, but that's where uh, Michael McDonald grew up. My point is. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. We got to do this before I finish the story. Give, give me yours. Well. <laughs> You're going to do that again for us. (laughs) I don't have a good one. Everybody, mine's the same as everyone's like, they just kind of just go up and down with it. And we were, okay, so back up. So Ron plays this wonderful festival here. It's kind of just like, whoa, hey, all right, St. Louis has got this thing going. Um, it was probably like a step behind the one in Louisville, uh, Newcastle, Forecastle, Forecastle, almost. So <laughs> either way, so Ron plays that. He has a good time, all that stuff. Uh, he's kind of on the like the mid-level stages where it's like, man, go watch those guys. Like they're going to be big. And so you do that. So the next year comes around, and I was there at that one, and I was uh, I was there with like a partnership thing, and uh, the next year I was like okay, this is big enough now. I can pitch these guys. I have friends in comedy. They signed off on me running the first ever comedy stage at Lufest. So it was going to be this huge deal. We had it all sponsored. I had 
my friend Mia Jackson flying from uh, New York, and then this guy Matt Reif flying from LA, and we had 10 comics from St. Louis on each day, and it was this biggest thing ever, and they're like, holy shit, comedy at Loot Fest. Uh, I started not getting emails back from the, uh, from the founder, and I'm like, hmm, this is weird. Then there started be, like I started getting calls from the press, and they're like, hey, we're hearing grumblings. Like, are, are, do you know anything about this? I'm like, hey, it's on for all I know. Long story short, that festival ends. It, it, it gets canceled like three days before it's supposed to start. Robert Plant was headlining this thing. So this is a massive thing. And it goes away. It was like, it turned into like a cool weekend where everybody was like, fuck this. We'll just do our own things. Like we threw, we, we still flew the comics in um, because they were on their way. And we threw a party at a bar and there was a line out the door for eight hours. And the stand-up comedy for eight hours is not fun. And it was fun. So, <laughs> yeah, so yes. my point, and then a bunch of musicians, and it, it, that was the only beautiful part about it. But to your point, if we can take it all the way back there, that yes. thing that Ron was a part of on a beautiful day with a million stars and a ton of people and all this stuff, it ended the next year and along with a lot of people's dreams did that. So <laughs> that is the weirdest connection. And I know it took a minute to get there, but that just rang so true with the point that you made. Like it could all just kind of go away whether you want it to or not. And it's, it's a wild feeling that you're also making your living. Um, like you're tapping into your, your creative mind. Like that's you. A lot of you, I think, maybe you don't take it that serious, but I feel like you, I mean, your music's yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, right? no, completely, completely. It's my whole life. Yep. Yeah. And and how about now with the the setup that you have too? Um, kudos to you, both of you, for staying busy. You've got new videos out. You've got new music out. Like this yes. is great, man. I, I'm a fan. Thank you. It's um, it's definitely helped keep me sane during this time. Just to have something to focus on and not being able to go out and play for people, which feels like you're just your hand, like you're in prison almost. Mm -hmm. Um. Being able to, you know, been self-making these videos, so it's like having something to focus on, finishing the music, being able to, like, craft whatever kind of shit around it, have a new song. It's like something to look forward to every three weeks. Like, oh, the next track comes out. So we got it. And it, it's been something nice to focus on, but it's really strange because it's just incredibly, it feels like you're just kind of yelling at a wall sometimes. You basically, it goes on the internet. Um it's really just hard. It feels very hard to cut through anything now. The music press is like shrinking rapidly. Things are closing. There's like you're running running into a situation where there's way too much stuff and just not a way for all of it to kind of cut through. Um, and yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's it's fulfilling the, creatively. Um, but when you when you can't go out and play for people and connect in that way, it's just you don't realize how important it is. You know, I used to bitch about touring because I did it for three years straight to the to the point of total burnout. And now I look back on it and I'm like, never in a million years could we have expected this situation to exist. Mm -hmm. I wish I never took like a second of it for granted. Um because who knows? Who knows when we'll be able to get back out there? That's, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, man, I, I hope it does. I hope it, 
I hope things kind of flip around. Right. Oh, it always does. Pandemics do end. Like they do. Like that's yeah. not a crazy yeah. statement. Like it does whip around. I just yeah. feel like um, it's not comparable. The New Zealand reference is not comparable. And even the Australia reference may be unfair because of how spread out they are or whatever, how they work. But I have friends, again, in Australia and some people in New Zealand, I'm like so jealous. I'm like, they're living normal right now. And I I know there's stuff that, uh, I don't know. (sighs) Hmm. I know, it's it's frustrating to see what could be. Even in Italy, they're having shows. They're having indoor and outdoor shows. There's some limitations, like Mm -hmm. a thousand people outdoors and like 200 people indoors. I'm like, that's great. That's normal. yeah, and and that's the thing. Like that's direct effect. So, um, candidly, we were working on some live hybrid shows here with some of our wonderful sponsors uh, and our new friends. Like we we're talking to Katie, we're talking to Ron, we're talking to Future Birds, we're talking to these people, and we're like, hey, can we do this? Maybe there's something in the works still. I hope, yeah. but. Yeah. Every city park in St. Louis is like, uh uh-uh, not for the rest of the year. And it wasn't just us. There were other people planning things and things like that. So there's ways to innovate still. But even though we were planning to be over the top with our procedures and even like incorporating sponsorship into like, you're in the Bud Light mask zone. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's like you got to do it, man. If, you, if it means we need to put a Jack Daniels freaking uh, hazmat suit on, run, play ball, buddy. Yes, exactly. I agree. I don't, I don't even drink it, but I will wear it. If right? It's yes. Neon, it's important. Hazmat suit. It is. Whatever. I mean, hey. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, and in a way, that's kind of cool thought because it's not going to, it doesn't need to look like it used to, but mm-hmm. the fact that we can kind of get innovative with stuff and be less closed off to doing things. Um, right. You know, we just have to kind of like put our brains together. Obviously we need to, things need to be legal and, you know, park and safe. Down down, yeah. If you, safe, yeah. would you play on, I, th- I think this is a cool idea and this is not, so I'm not, um, I didn't invent this idea, but I think it's kind of fun to think about this. So St. Louis is really neighborhood oriented, right? Mm -hmm. What if we pull up in a fucking trailer and and Ron Gallo's rocking out and people are just on their porches and then you do three songs and then you go to the next neighborhood. Like, I don't think that's that crazy in today's world. I'm like, sounds kind of fucking fun. Then you live stream the whole thing, talk in between, like that could be our key. I, I actually love that idea because it's fun. It's, it is. And it's, it's something, it's a way to get out and connect with people. It's a way to play. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, these are not the kind of things you'd normally think about if things were quote unquote normal, Mm. but there's are still things that we can do. And I like I like the sounds that'd be interesting, you know, especially if you were live streaming it. it, I don't know. There's something really human about that. Like we're just making it work within the confines that's i think that's what's most disappointing um with a lot of the stuff is seeing good talented people or just good hard-working people like not everyone can make it work like listen if your job got shut down and your leadership is continually failing you um (laughs) a point your blame in the right place uh but b 
it's it is one of those things where I'm like I have seen some, and again I'm not I'm not judging anyone, but I have seen capable innovative people just be like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, every just treat this like it's everything. Like I don't know, exactly. you get a broken arm, you wear the cast, and you figure it out. You know, I don't know. I agree. I mean, we have to combat the heaviness, and I think especially with music, comedy, any kind of creative outlet, it's people kind of need that more than ever, but yet mm-hmm. we're the most restricted. Um, yeah, I think it's super important. I mean, what yeah. the hell else are we going to do? I don't, n- not much. It'll devolve into robbing your neighbor eventually. It's what's <laughs> going to happen. Uh, so I do, I do hope things kind of level out. So, okay. So back to earlier, you were kind of realizing that maybe Nashville is not the spot for you because you're there long term. What originally brought you to Nashville and then, is going back to your home city of Philly the move? Is it New York? Like, let's say things are relatively normal. You can get back on the touring schedule in 2021. Um, is this just exposed, like, a little too much of where you're at? Would you consider staying there? I think it's interesting, and it's probably really important to your career or your happiness or both. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're connected. It's... um. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say because everything's been disrupted. Because, like I said, I've lived here for four years, but a lot of it I was gone. Yeah. And Nashville was always a good place to come back to, because when I would come back from a tour, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to see a show. Um, and it's a nice place because you can kind of like come back to your house and you can isolate for a little bit. And then when you want to start to see people again and go out and do things, it's there. But without that part of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, the reason I came down here to answer your first part of the question, yeah. I was in Philly. Um, you know, I grew up outside of it. I lived in the city for 10 years. Life really crumbled towards the end of that decade in Philly proper. And I got to a point where I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And I was touring and playing down here a lot. I made a bunch of friends down here. And every time I'd come down, I was like, I love it down here. I want to move. The scene back then, which was probably like six years ago at this point, mm-hmm. was really strong. It felt, felt really exciting here. And I really liked the friends that I had here. And so a friend of mine, randomly, I was at this critical moment in life where I was like, I need to change something. Friend texted me and said, I had a roommate just up and move out. A room is open. I don't know if you were serious about moving, but it's open. And this is how much it is. Same I was paying in Philly. And I knew that it was like I needed to make it happen. Um, so I, it was like a couple weeks later. It was June 1st. No, January 1st. It was New Year's Day of 2016. And in, I. In the movie that fucking U2 song just kicked on, whenever you wake up and realize you're moving, like that stupid. Oh, that, that New Year's Day, like he screams. Oh, New Year's Day. Yeah, it was like, I, I just so. listened to that on repeat yeah. the whole time. It was in black and white. The sure, whole sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got all my shit and I, I came down here. Came down here by myself. Um, pretty much, like I had, like I said, I had a handful of friends, but it was really cool because I had just had never done that. I was always right. kind of in a comfort zone. And yeah, so it was, it was personal at first. And then I started playing with people putting bands together playing out as much as i could and it ended up leading to the best thing for me musically because i was also stuck 
career creative wise in Philly, which is an incredibly hard city to make anything happen or break out of. So why you know, is I'm that? Grateful that I can, it's um, there's no it. industry there and it's okay. really it's a bubble. It's this mm-hmm. weird thing. There's like a Philly syndrome where bands think because they're doing well in Philly, they're good to go. So they never leave. But then they don't they realize that no one knows who they are outside of it. It's this weird complex. It, but they're also making. They're also probably, probably getting laid after gigs and probably, <laughs> like, getting some free beer, making some cash. They, you know, like it's probably, I don't know, probably not that bad of a life. Um, I'm, I'm picturing. I'm picturing exactly what you're saying, and I'm thinking like, are they happy and they're just a little too content, or do they? do they just not possess that next step? It's, it's like, I think it's absolutely the comfort thing. Yeah. It's, um, cause you are, you, you like you, every once in a while it hits and you're like, Oh, a bunch of people came out tonight and Oh, you got to go see this one. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the worst existence, but if you have, if you aspire to do more then that's not going to work. Well, exactly. There's such a ceiling to it. And, and I was deep in that shit. Like I was, I was playing like three nights a week doing like three hour cover gigs in the corner of bars. Mm -hmm. No one gave a fuck for, and I was making my rent. I was just playing music. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to do that there. And I was like, I was hosting bar trivia and I was doing these like shitty solo cover gigs and I was paying rent. I was surviving. And I don't know. I just got to a point, like I said, like life was just kind of pushed me in a corner. I was like, can't just keep fucking doing this like this isn't really what i want to be doing it's like a version of it it's a step in the direction to be surviving off of like creative stuff but um yeah i'm just glad that i got sort of pushed down here and willingly because it ended up leading to everything i mean who knows if we'd even be having this conversation if i never came down here because you know i came down here i finished a record up up in philly brought it down started playing shows I met my label here. Um, I, you know, I got this whole team of people to start working, like help. You know, it was like mm-hmm. next thing I knew, I was touring and all the shit that I wanted to do forever that I had no idea how to achieve. It came from being in Nashville, whereas in Philly, I would just sit in my apartment and like hit my head against the wall and say, "How do I make anything happen?" <laughs> you can't there, um, right? And then people. There, and I'm just equating this to St. Louis sometimes. I, I'm not saying that this is completely like this in Philly or St. Louis, but there is a little bit, maybe more so from the crowd or your parents' friends or the people you went to high school's friends or something. There is a little bit of the, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're moving to so-and-so, you're doing this. I was thinking about this the yeah. other day. Um, uh, we had her on the show. Her name's Tonina. She's from mm-hmm. here. Oh, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, she speaks Italian and she speaks Spanish, and she's from here. She, her father is black, her mother is from Italy, and she has all this cultural pull from all over. Obama yep. put her on a playlist like a few years ago with like all these crazy names. She yeah. plays Italy all the time. She's like, yeah, it's awesome because my name's Tonina. And Italian people are like, ooh, what do we have here? Yeah, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so nice. she's, she's, she's legit. But I was talking to her about it. I'm like, you go, and she plays the upright bass too. 
And I'm like, you probably go and like these do these gigs in Europe, and these people are just enamored with you, and like they're like, she's so talented. And then you'll come back here, and she does, she gets great gigs here in St. Louis. Her management's mm-hmm. awesome, but it is one of those things where I'm like, let's just say you play a winery, and I'm not picking on wineries; they have their place. But let's just say you do, and like someone's gonna roll their eyes when you uh, pull that bass out, and it's not playing like a Van Halen cover, right? And she's right. like, "Yes, that is the <laughs> problem." Because when you're home, it's a little bit like, "What do you think you're cool? What do you think you're better than me, or whatever?" Exactly. It's like, "No, not at all. This is an I live here. This is a great place." Right. But exactly. there is some of that that you have to deal with. And the reality is like, yeah, there may not be that many degrees of difference in some creative people, but you have to find a way to kind of burst through the top or at least get new, a new set of eyes on you, you know, in the right, the, the, the lane has to even be there for you to get it clear, right? Like that's... Mm. Of course. I mean, yeah, you got to go where there's something, there's some sort of actual, where the ceiling is not right like here. I mean... And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm clearly glad I came down here. And I think like this chapter, it's been great. I mean, I was definitely, you know, I, I had a band for the last few years. I mean, we toured all over the world. You know, we were, we made a couple records that were in a similar vein musically. Um, but I'm like, I'm this kind of person where I like build stuff up and then I break it down and I rebuild something new and I try to like top myself in a way. It's like this constant evolution. It's the only way I'm like chasing myself always because I never get comfortable in like one corner. And, and so now it's like I have my Philly chapter ended that led me to this Nashville chapter. And now I feel like another, it's ready to turn another page. And I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's back to Philly, if it's New York, if it's Los Angeles, if it's spending more time over there in Italy. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's uh you're excited though. I love that. Like that's that's genuine like excitement. And to that point, I love it because uh, I saw you tweet about this, and you're talking about like, of course, my music's different than six years ago, right? Like it could be no other way. Uh, is that yeah. is that tough to grapple with? Like, of like that's fine. If you found Ron uh, from Young Lady. That's a fucking killer guitar lick, man. Like that, uh, nobody's mad at you for that at all. And it's it's a great song. There's other great songs, but in a way, like there's two sides. I'm okay with you guys not loving new stuff, and I mean whoever. But I'm also a little disappointed if you don't think that that person is gonna kind of do the things that got them there in the first place, which is take chances. Yes, exactly. It's yeah, it's complex because. You know, I'm never just the nature of the, I always, like I said, it's, it's been a cyclical my whole life. It's like do one thing, break it down onto something else. And so I'm never going to change that. So, but at the same time, you know, yeah, people, people hear young lady and they, and they create a whole like image about you based on that. That's probably I could not be further from like the idea that people have about what rock and roll is like as a human. I'm like the right. opposite of, but yeah, I made this song. I wrote that song six years ago. Think about ago. that, man. Like I just turned 36 and I'm like, dude, maybe I think it like, I'm trying to think 30, maybe 30 to 24. Like do that. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like you were, what were you? 24, 25, whenever that came out, something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, well, it ended up, yeah. I mean, 
Dude, people when they're 25, like, still get into fights in the middle of the street. Like, people are dumb, man. We're all right. dumb. Like, it's of course dumb. it's going to change. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. yeah. Along those lines, what's the most ridiculous comparison or expectation that someone set on you based off of that song reaching as many people as it did? Does that make sense? Um... So what's the most ridiculous comparison that someone's made? Comparison or expectation based on your music from that time. Like you said, like people may have an idea of you being this rock star type or, uh, or like a, a person like I, I like as an example, I, I kind of want to wait and see what you say, but like I have something in my mind. I'm like, somebody's probably said that to him. Yeah. I, everybody's actually, which I realized later on, but I, I realized a lot of people think, they say it's a, a ripoff of Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones, um, which I've never really even been. My <laughs> You were my listening to Blink-182 and Mandy Moore, dude. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> and, even, and even when I made that song, I was much more thinking about like late 70s punk, like Stooges, Richard Hell kind of stuff. Like I wasn't even, I never really even got into... Um, you know the Rolling Stones much. I mean, there's good songs, but I'm not one of those people that's like fucking Rolling Stones, like the classic rock thing. I, it, a lot I, of. Good I think stuff, I'm the same. But, I think I'm the same. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, their, their hits are great. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. there are other ones. I just haven't explored it. Right, and I, I think, um, I think people sort of perceived it in this classic rock, like revivalist thing, like mm-hmm. the Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, kind of you know, the savior of rock and roll, man, rock and roll is back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at one point in time, which is probably frustrating about me as somebody that's into what I do is that was a really genuine mindset that I have. Like, I think at one point I was like, I want to bring back rock and roll, man. Like when I, I was young, I had all this energy. I was frustrated. I was like, sure. fuck all this bullshit. You know what I mean? That first record, I was there. Like I wanted to, I was psycho when we played live. I was, it was destructive. It was like abrasive and that's what I wanted to do. Cause I wanted to stir shit up. Um, and so part of it is like, if, if that's what people first saw when they developed like their image of, I kind of understand. Cause it was very genuinely me at one point, but my nature is, you know, change is really the only constant as cliche as that sounds. And mm-hmm. Like you said, we're not the same people that we were six years ago. You're in your mid twenties to your early thirties. You're different. I've lived like three lives since then, and so I got burnt out from li- trying to live up to that um, character in a way, like going out there and putting on this like crazy rock and roll show because I could not feel any more different from that mentality. And and as you're saying at the time, like it probably felt great. It probably felt nice to be like, hey, nobody's yelled at me, and I just like kicked into a crowd of like 4,000 people. Like, awesome. Like, that's oh, it was great. Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. When it's genuine, it's amazing. When it right. starts to feel contrived or you're doing it because that's what you do. Yeah. It gets really, really exhausting because it's not, you're not standing up there and like, you've got to fucking go for it. Yeah. And it's, it's expensive uh, energy-wise. And so if it's not genuine, if it's not coming from like some deep-rooted electricity, you're going to get fucking exhausted and i did i was up there and i just like i was pretending yeah that's nothing mm. is more painful for me as somebody that's 
always got to be honest with themselves in that regard. Mm-hmm. Because it's music. I mean, we, you said earlier, it's like, it's my life. It's an extension of me. And I just can't fake it. I don't know how bands do that shit. I don't know how they make the same record over and over again forever or like keep doing the same thing or commit to their brand. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. It just feels really dishonest because I'm not even in the same shit I was in like two months ago. <laughs> Especially now, right? You've moved from, you moved on to the softer toilet paper. <laughs> no, I think about that and um, somebody that comes to mind that just like has to be fatigued and maybe that's why you don't see him as much now or the gimmick was up because it was like a... Can you imagine being Andrew WK in 2001 or th- we'll say 2003 because he had his head so then he's like on the jackass movie, whatever. Yeah. Can you imagine that character? Like that would hurt. Like your neck would be sore all the time. Oh, it <laughs> would, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. not even kidding. I'm just like pretty sure I've read that guy's like, or I've, I've interviewed him and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's sober and like, it's fine. Oh, it's a yeah. fun, it's a it was a well that he's a, it was a great shtick. Um I found it to be entertaining. I will say I remember getting it before like the punk rock kids got it and they're like, Well, you listen to that fake metal dork and I'm like Oh yeah, yeah. He, it's a it's a it's a pro wrestling stunt, man. Like, yeah, let's get a party started. Like, whatever. I'm not trying to make this all about Andrew WK. It just as you say that, I'm just like yeah, that would be exhausting, right? And then For like sure. playing like I don't know. Remember Ozfest? Like I bet that mm-hmm. guy got like like bottles thrown at him from people. That are sure. like, You're not metal, you know? Like oh man, right? So that well, yeah. that, that would hurt. It would suck. It would. And it's yeah. I mean, no one's like in party hard mode all the time. So to have to turn that on, turn that character on. I don't even, how could you do that when it's no longer genuine? It's just got to be like, fuck. Right. You know? Or you just have the uh, mental fortitude of just a thousand people, I guess. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Hey, Mm -hmm. I mean, he does like, like talking tour. He he does um, like spoken word stuff now, right? Like motivational speaking. I think so. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. 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 It's like Henry Rollins, who I'm a huge fan of. I mean, transitioning from hardcore punk, Black Flag, Rollins band to going out and just talking doing almost part Things. comedy yeah i love him man he, he's i've seen him do his uh his talking tour a few times and i'm just like i'm just mesmerized at this guy who just speaking of energy walks out on stage talks a thousand miles an hour for like an hour and a half and then that's it he doesn't even like breathe it's incredible. That's insane and he had you talk about people living different lives like do you feel like so like is he an artistic hero of yours like has to be right he is in a lot of ways he's very inspirational for me and he he sort of like transitions even where i'm at now um i think his kind of just like his worldview i mean he's Mm -hmm. really unapologetically himself and the thing i love about him is that he makes intensity like cool in a way where most people think like intensity is like scary or but he just owns his shit and he knows he's like frenetic and crazy. And that I like him because it makes me feel like good about my own sensibilities like that. Sure. Um, you know, he's just really like, he does his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even how regimented he is, he's like, I wake up, I eat two servings of lean protein. Like, 
all this shit. I've listened to so many talks and interviews yeah. with him. He's like, he's like a drill sergeant, but he owns it. And it's yeah. fucking cool. I don't know. I just, I'm drawn to people that are just really themselves, no matter what it is. And, and I don't know, that's just like, that can transcend any kind of genre or what people do. But I think I always am drawn to people like that because that's kind of what I want to be. I think it's what everybody wants to be. Right. You know, if you can kind of break away from what you're putting on that you want to be, right? <laughs> like, what freedom, yeah, right? <laughs> I know. And yeah, it's like the ultimate freedom to just like not give a fuck and you're just you. And and I think, you know, a part of my path is is trying to do that. And I think that's why I always switch it up because I think I'd rather have like a creative career built on me being myself, which is all over the place rather than it have it be like in one corner. Right. And it's We're like, all right, Ron, churn out yeah. another bopper. Yeah. Well, exactly. I think it's a longer road because you're going to keep switching on people and you're going to lose some people and gain new ones. But I think mm -hmm. ultimately, um, I don't know, like Beck comes to mind in a way, which he's got a lot of shit that I, you know, I know some stuff, but he's every record is like a completely different world. For and sure. And I love that when you think of him, you're like, that's just Beck. He <laughs> genre is not a thing with him. He just does whatever the fuck he wants. And I love that. I feel like that's something that you can just do forever. And that's yeah. why I like path, but it's probably confusing. I don't think so. I'm I'm over here like cheering you on. I'm like, don't don't lose that mindset because Thank man, you. nothing worse than like somebody being trapped in what everybody else thinks is their dream, right? For sure. For sure. And everybody, what everybody else wants you to be. I mean, the industry, the music industry is so fucking, uh, that's. Somebody trying to make it to your level or to get a, a, you know, whatever. What's, what's the number one thing to look out for or the thing that bothers you the most? I mean, there's not, I, I think there's many levels to it, but you probably understand where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, thing is, I don't even know how I would give advice to anybody trying to pursue the music industry. It's in a weird way. I'd almost say to not because the industry, um, is it's what's going to water down the purity of what you make. I mean, you can make a song in the room, the music, you can make the whole thing. And that's like pure, super pure. Cause if you're not doing it for anyone, it's awesome. It's like magic. As soon as that becomes a product and so it's everyone's just looking to like crush you into like an elevator pitch. Um, all levels, all levels. I'm, I'm going levels. through it. I'm going through it right now. Can I, can I share? Please, please, I just, I, I'm relating to this. We work with, um, I just see it and I'm not picking on anyone because these are two people that work with networks all the time. So we're, we do a podcast with, with Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley and their comics. Sherry was on The View for like seven years. Like Kim was on uh, Friday part two. They're on Oprah all the time. Yeah, Sherry, yeah, yeah. Did, Sherry did freaking Good Morning America the other day. So they've entrusted us and like I'm on the show. I have a lot of fun. I help with the planning. Like this is a relationship. Like this is, yeah. hey, are you doing okay? Is this all right? And they're the most amazing people in the world to work with. And they have so much going on. Those two, all they do is work all day, all night. It's crazy. I love it. Um, my point is, 
they're having some quick success, um, as expected, with big followings, and they do their podcast. It comes out once a week. I can tell certain people are like, you know, you should truncate this. It's like it goes like an hour, hour 45, pushing two sometimes. Um, you know, maybe like half an hour. Like maybe do half an hour. And I'm yeah. just like, and I told them, it was on the show and everything. I just told them, I'm like, no, the the, the beauty is in you two crazy, funny people, like cracking on each other. And if it leads down to some madness, like people are watching this. So numbers back it up. So that's a good thing. But you see that and you see that at all levels. You hear the people with the biggest podcasts, like you start getting notes, you know, there's people, um, happens in TV, all your favorite TV shows, sans maybe like whatever Danny McBride has with HBO. Like he, maybe yeah. they're not allowed to talk to him. Maybe they're not allowed to talk to Kirby Enthusiasm. But all your favorite TV shows, uh, which by the way, have you seen Righteous Gemstones? You you should no. watch it on HBO. It's Danny McBride uh, and they're attacking like, it's about a family of uh, televangelists and it's, I think you'll love it. It's amazing. Okay, and there's yeah. so, it's so, pardon the uh, pun, so meta. Like this, so <laughs> like, there's so, so, and I just, I love whenever people attack um fake people like televangelists too because I think that's what people are their weakest right and, and people that take advantage of people like either way sidetracked uh, the point is like in that instance I'm like I'm not telling you not to maybe t you know take advice here and there but kind of like let's keep it raw let's let's yeah, exactly. let's not uh, get too weird about it yeah where's the like risk in nobody wants to take any risk anymore no I, and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like no one's willing to do like the mental work to understand something or think for themselves sometimes mm -hmm. um, i'm sure it's different in every industry but like i don't know i think maybe that's when people say that like music sucks now or like th people think that like things have declined which i don't agree with because there's a lot of great stuff but if anything, I feel like there's just such little risk taken. Mm -hmm. And if you do, you're kind of, people are just like, I don't know what to do with this. Just see ya. Like, I don't know. It's that's, weird. That's so strange to me because like, that's, what's, <laughs> that's what like makes things happen. That's what pushes boundaries. That's what like, right. I, uh, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, no matter the industry you're in or what the innovation or the creativity that's with that. I am... <laughs> I, I had something I wanted to to kind of, I guess, bring up in regards to just that process or like people getting involved or be like, hey, maybe uh, maybe mention this. Like this seems like it's a hot topic or something. Like, are you somebody that takes a note or two? Like, do you do you humor people? Like, or is it just full on? Like, this is my vision, and I'll collaborate with exactly the amount of people I've said I'll collaborate with. Uh, I'm pretty open. I mean. I there's been times when I've been really closed off and I was like tunnel vision and I think it was really more detrimental. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm much more open. Like I would rather people give things to me straight. I like want help. You know, I want people to like give me their two cents. I love feedback now. Um, That's growing up too, though, isn't it? And maybe experience, maybe being more comfortable with a few things. Like, yeah, I've, I've played shows, I've done that, and maybe you see yeah. that there is like room for like, no, I can, I can hear something. No, that's a that's a good mindset to have. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really important because 
like I said, in the times where I was really closed off to any kind of outside, it didn't go well. It was just, yeah. and then at the end of the day, I was like, oh, well, you thought you had your fucking vision and it was awesome, but it did not click. It didn't work. And now you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe next time you can take notes. You can listen to other people. Actually, it's okay to get help. Yeah. You know, sometimes I can get away. I'm like, I got to do everything myself. Like, it's okay to like get some help from people. You know what I mean? To I create. got a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh. You know, and I get it, you know, it can be, you can be precious about stuff, but I don't know. It, 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 at the same time, and it's a weird time to talk about it, but nobody really knows what to do anymore. Like nobody knows mm -hmm. how to make shit work. Uh, you know, especially nowadays it's, if we're talking about music industry, which is what I'm most, you know, versed in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has a clue. And that's when I talk to people now, because I'm always trying to have conversations with people about advice, like, how's it looking? What do you think people should be doing right now? How should we go about this release? I always love the people who are like, man, just follow your gut because no one knows what the fuck they're doing right now. No one knows like what's going to work. And I think that's actually always true. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. But it's just more obvious now because it's such a mind fuck in terms of the future and now and, and Gotta yeah, you, like. and thankfully we do have some technology, right? <laughs> My God, can you imagine? I'm like, if it, if this was even like uh, the early '90s, we're doing this with a tape recorder and the phone, brother. <laughs> like this, is, uh, which had its own value, I guess. But like, at least we can kind of see each other react and all those things. So that's always interesting to me. Um, I mean, I haven't even been in this room since we've been talking. I feel like really? I'm somewhere else. We're hanging. It's great. It is. It is nice yeah. for sure. And it's, oh, man. I wonder, too, just back to your music industry thing. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> please let there be shows again. Say yeah. say things open back up. Um, we'll just cap off the uh, advice section with this. Would you agree with... Um, um, Sturgill Simpsons, uh, he said, like, everybody's always asking me, what do you do, what do you do? He's like, buy a shitty van and drive around and do shows until you can't do shows anymore. And if it's 10 years, then don't quit. Like, if that's what you, like, that's that's his uh, honest answer to that. Like, would that, would you have something along those lines? Yeah. Um, if you have the, like, inner fire to do it, because mm -hmm. if you don't, it's going to be miserable. Great I point. For, yeah. yeah. I, I had it for a really long time. I mean, when I first started, I did not give a shit. I booked, I self-booked tours, couch surfing, no money, van, van explosions in the middle of Louisiana in the middle of the night. Hmm. Just doing it in a way that was completely haphazard and like with no gain really at all. Like we were basically playing for nobody driving in a shitty, like doing that exact thing. And I did not care at all. I was having the time of my life. I felt like I was accomplishing so much. I was seeing the country. So if you have it, yeah, go for it. But um, it also gets, it, there's a turning point where, at least it happened for me, where I never thought I would ever get burned out on touring. I was like, I want to just get in the van and go forever. I wanted to play 365 shows a year. But I got to a place where I was like, 
I kind of just want to open the van door and roll out of it right now on the highway. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, it's just about the inner, it's about that inner drive to do it. Um, that's the only thing that matters, I think. Yeah. I think it's it, with music in general. So going back to the advice thing, full circle, bringing it all together. That's what we do. It's always do what is completely genuine to you. Because if you can do something with conviction, I think it's going to work. And even if it doesn't, you're still going to love the shit out of doing it. That's all I have to say for anyone pursuing it. Because through my experience, there were times where I was doing the coolest shit I've ever done and was the most miserable that I ever was because I wasn't fulfilled. It didn't feel like the music itself, what I was doing was genuine. So that's my, that's my full circle advice. Keep it think, genuine always, no matter what. I don't think it gets any better than that. Um, let's, let's real quick, let's get some plugs in, man. You've got videos. Okay. I'm sitting there, I'm watching YouTube the other day. I'm like, this is, this is, this is COVID stuff. Right. I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, and you ever do this too, where you're, where you're like, you have someone's cell phone number and you can't decide if it's worth a text or not. I like took like three pictures of your video up on a flat screen and I'm like, Oh, I think Ron will get a kick out of this. And I'm like, nah, he's probably, yeah, I don't want to bother. Uh, well, <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? Uh, where you're like, just cause you have the number, don't always abuse it. I think we all have that mentality. Like we don't want to bother anybody. But I think on the other side of that, I'm like, I don't fucking hear from anybody. So like, yeah, send me that shit. <laughs> and it's so nice too, isn't it? Like if you would somebody send you a screenshot or like a, hey, saw you in this or hey, did that. I had an ex-girlfriend's lovely, I mean this, and I'm not being sarcastic, lovely mother um, shoot me a message because we were in this uh, local magazine for, for something. And she was like, hey, I was reading uh, St. Louis Magazine. Look who's on, the on this thing here. And I was like, that felt pretty good. Like, <laughs> just like all it was was a nice note. It can turn your whole day around. At this point, yeah, yeah. I mean, sending a text, you know, a, a shot of your TV that you're watching the video, just like that, that can lift you up people going on the internet and just like sharing the fucking song like this stuff goes such a long way at this point right so <laughs> to get over really yeah get over it and tell your friends they're great like that's yeah let's yeah. not be afraid to like encourage each other or you know you're not bothering people by like lifting people up i think we all need that in yeah. some sense um and i don't know where we get that from like i don't want to i don't know i'll do it like it takes it's, me like 16 days to call somebody. <laughs> Sometimes. I'm like, yeah, we should get on the phone soon and catch up. And it's like right. two weeks goes by and it's just, I've had plenty of time. I don't know what it is. I don't, it's like this weird yeah. in, like isolation thing. My mindset, yeah. but, um, plugs. I mean, share that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Go get a t-shirt, I mean, man. The guy that won the, your t-shirt for drinks with the band was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. He was so excited. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, get all those. I, what was I trying to think? I got my uh, haircut for the first time in six months the other day and they took your temperatures and they take it really serious at this place I go. And they're really cool people. And anytime I go in there, it's just fun to shoot the breeze with them. They have like, they're all super nice and all that. 
I got yeah. like I got like two hugs on the way out the door, and they were just and we were all masked up, and they were just like you know your little COVID hugs. But I was like, oh, that's the stuff. Like that's where you're I, like that is it's been so. I think I've half hugged my mom like one time, and I've seen her you know ten times. And yeah, uh, yeah we need that, man. We got to support each other. We really do. I mean, we yeah. really do. I think that's it's just so necessary at this point, and so right. Yeah, I mean, thank God you're married. <laughs> yeah, thank God I, I, you found the love of your life. Yeah, holy shit. I mean, I was thinking about that being if I was in this house, which I last summer for four months I was in this house in Nashville by myself, and we were we were had to be apart. If I was like stuck in this, I don't. I don't he doesn't. Know. He doesn't drink. People, like, don't forget I don't, I that. Take that shit straight. I take it straight <laughs> all the time. I would be, man. I would actually. I would love if I could somehow like project into a future where that actually happened, just to see what I looked like or what was going on. With the alternate even- version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I was by myself, it would be. It would be psycho. I think. Chaos. So thank God yeah. for that. Um, but, <laughs> She's looking at yeah. you. She's like, yeah. 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 I think That's for right. both of us, we're very, very grateful. I mean, I mean, we went crazy last year, and this is like that times a thousand. So, um, yeah, I mean, plug stuff. I mean, I got four new, four new tracks out. Um, they all have music videos that I made. We made ourselves. Um, the fourth one comes out tomorrow. It's called Easter Island, and that's why I wore the shirt. Oh the hell Island. yes! <laughs> uh, that's so, so great. If I, had to plug, I mean, I would love for people to check out this stuff. Like I said, it's you know I'm I have to resort to the internet to put stuff out there. So, um, you know, I would encourage people to just go and and go through all four, watch the videos. You know, if you want to listen to it, watch it. Maybe you like it, maybe you won't. You can go to the back catalog. There's a couple of records before that are completely different, but I'm excited about the new stuff. It's going to be eventually become a record that's going to come out October 9th. And I'm just going to put out track by track for a new one every three weeks. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm just kind of like creating this new world, this colorful new world musically. I don't know what it is, but oddly enough, there's a lot of parallels between kind of what's going on right now and and what i'm talking about in the songs which just happened by coincidence because i wrote a lot of them last year right but um yeah rongallomusic.com uh instagram at rongallo that's where i you know those are like the only two places i know how to share things with people and for the love Um, of god if you enjoy uh ron's videos dm him on instagram let him know seriously (laughs) let him know a long way just it can be negative criticism. It can be like, fuck you, man. Right, young lady again. Miss the rock and roll spirit, brother. Fuck. I don't care. Just like, let's just have a dialogue. Something. Discourage me. Like, seriously, I, I, I got nothing else to do. I can't go play shows. So I'm putting music out into like a black hole of the internet. And I'm, of course, I'm on my phone. I'm getting notifications and stuff. I love it all. Like a guy today on the, on the Easter Island video which came out like six hours ago. <laughs> Some random guy just wrote, he goes, is this a fucking joke? I'm like, I love it. I fucking love it. I love the hate. What I love you? the reinforcement. Right. I just want to talk. I just want to like have dialogue around, around it. If it inspires any thought, share it, message me, 
retweet it. I don't fucking care. Comment. I don't know. My my question to him is like, as compared to what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? What do you? Ex- what do you want? Like, <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. I mean, <laughs> do you want like? Do you want cinematic videos? Like, it's 1997 and you're shooting for you know tops on TRL. Like, is that is that you? Like, I don't I don't know. I think I, I mean, see. Is like he's it's so drastically different than what he's used to seeing for me that he yeah. thinks I'm like fucking around. Um, maybe or he just hates it so much. He's just like, yeah, this guy, this guy's fucking lost it. <laughs> I'm okay if you have lost it. It's just another good album. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Are you guys gonna Are you guys gonna tour together? I mean, is it just gonna be the two of you, or would there be backing band? Like, how does uh, how does that look? So definitely be the two of us, cat on bass, me doing whatever I do. Um, <laughs> we we will have a band. I it, I guess it's hard to say because I guess the the logistics of it all. But I would love to have a five piece band. I have specific people in mind for it, and we we play with drummer Dom, who is we were in an old band together. We played together for on and off for the last eight years. We played the three of us played together. Um, first time we played with a drummer or another human in like five months that was last month does that uh, with like with with dress i say drastic i'm like i don't know i personally like maybe it's because i just talked to you too much but i i get it like i get it like i wouldn't be weirded out if you played an old song and a new song like it's what it is do you mix the two or do you say like hey that's on the chopping block this is my new uh, to steal from comedy. This is my new hour. <laughs> love it or leave it. Oh well, yeah, which I which is the thing I love about comedy. It's sort of like you build this thing, create it, it's gone. Um, it's a lot of work. But it's crazy. Uh, I I've come around to it. There was a point in time at the beginning of like the past year where I was like, "Fuck the old." I'm so like I was really burnt at the time, so I was mm-hmm. bitter. Yeah. But as this, this year has gone on and I've gotten new music written experiment with different ways of like producing music, playing guitar sounds, all this shit. I've come around to be like, you know what? I actually kind of appreciate all the old again. And so I have a list, like a handful from each record that I'm going to keep alive. Maybe we'll kind of revamp them a little bit to fit, but it's going to be the same. It's all going to fit together because that's human, right? Like if all that stuff is like really aggressive and frustrated, that's just as much a part of me now as like this whatever colorful, jazzy, feel-good, upbeat, wordy shit that I'm doing now. Um, it's all part of me. So like, and somebody said that to me a few months ago at a cafe. He's like, it can all, it's, it's all, it's all part of it. So like do both, like all the opposing forces. And I'm like, yeah. And I've come around to the idea and like, Kiata, lo- like she's learning all these songs on bass and so she loves doing the old shit. To me, where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like practicing that song again, but she has to learn it, and she's right. killing it on the bass. Thank um, God. How awkward would that be? You, if you yeah, married, well, if you married and uh, signed up for a shitty bass player, oh, that'd be tough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, what's amazing about it? I mean, she's a much better musician. She's a real musician. Yeah. I mean, coming from a classical, like a classical cellist background. Um, at the beginning of almost the quarantine period, she could play bass, but she she wasn't like a bass player. Sure. But now to then, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you've barely practiced, and you're like 
killing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, where That's amazing. She's just such a natural with that shit. And I'm not at all. It took me like a long, hard road to develop like any skill that I may have. It was like there was no natural talent there. But for her, it's just like, I'm like, what the fuck? She gets like exponentially better every time we play. I'm just like, what the fuck? Right. So it's awesome. I mean, it's it's actually my dream. That's amazing. That we're, we're able to do that. And yeah, you know, we'll have a drummer. I would love to have a keys player, maybe a second guitar, or maybe a sax or something. I don't know. I'd love to have like this five-piece band, like to have all this shit. You know, maybe to be able to put the guitar down yeah. for a couple of songs and just like be an idiot. I don't know. I, I think we need that. Like, <laughs> I need it too. I want to be free. Like, I like to play sometimes. But I also like to just run around and just be like a a jackass on stage. Be free. I have to. She's saying I have to play on the old songs, which that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. So that's the plan. I mean, well, we're, we're going to do whatever logistically works at this point. Sure. If we have to do it as a duo, cool. If we have to do it as a trio, cool. But ultimately, the dream is five six people Dude, i think that's gonna get wild man i think you could put together a whole damn show oh i know i can't wait <laughs> this is gonna be our year <laughs> maybe i remember rolling into it we're like we're gonna get back to the to, you know after months we're gonna get back to our house we're gonna put like sick band together new record new stuff we're gonna be touring <laughs> i mean everybody's been thinking that Oh, no shit. Like, we're fucking planning. Like, we had a roast show that I host, like, I don't know. We had a plan in March or something or April. And I was like, okay, we'll push it. And they were like, hey, do you want, like, July or something? I'm like, yeah, it's probably work. Like, we didn't reschedule it. But, like, how dumb does that sound now? And I was like, oh, God. So... No, I people need it. People, there's a reason people like going to live events. There's a reason people, and if and if you know what, if we have to halfway our ways into it, that's better than zero. Like seriously, like it, if if it means playing to a hundred people spaced out over, across a parking lot, behave so we can at least have that. Like something. Exactly. It's something. It's way better. It's a hundred percent better than nothing. It's, we gotta. We we'll it. get there. We'll get there. We'll work it through. Um, yeah. What else do we have going on? Uh, the videos, social media, check that out. Um, if you guys like this, let me know because I feel like Ron and I have about seven of these left in us, increasingly longer and more. <laughs> We're peeling away at the, at the brain as it's going on. Yeah, man, it's so fun. And I guess, again, if you see Ron's playing, if you see one of his videos, Tell him fuck you. Tell him it's amazing. Interact, people. Please, please. It means the world to me. For the love of God. And check out reallynice.world, too, if you want. It's this other thing I started last fall. You're going to screw around, and you're going to be that guy that you want to be. Like, it's so funny because, like, you're you're laying that groundwork, and I'm happy for you for that. That's that's very – it's not so much risky as it is just, like – I don't know. I don't know the exact avenue it is. Like people are scared to do that, whatever else. But yeah, don't change that. For the love of God, don't change it. No matter what your what what kind of a a relative is like. Hey, you know they're hiring at uh, the post office. <laughs> whatever they think is happening during a pandemic for musician, do not give up that spirit, man. Can't. Thank you. <sighs> can't, can't do it. 
Thank you, Ron Gallo. Good to see you again, man. Great to see you, man. This is awesome. (laughs) 